We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Tuesday, September 20th, September, wow, I wish, Tuesday, February 20th, let's try that, 2024, if it were September 20th, one, it'd be my son's second birthday, two, we'd be looking for a football game this weekend, but unfortunately, neither of those things are true, I am, I've got the blues, man, I don't know what the hell to do, spring football doesn't start for another month, my Favorite player in the spring football league ain't even playing right now, so we got to get that part figured out too. For real. And I'm trying with like, I don't know if you guys watched the all-star game for the NBA over the weekend, but the reviews from the internet are not positive on that. Baseball doesn't start. I can't get into pitchers. I love baseball. I can't get into pitchers and catchers reporting like I can when teams prep for training camp or something like that. But that's where we're at. So we're going to go through some stuff tonight. I'm your host. I'm Jacob Westendorf. I'm joined by Jacob Morley, and we mentioned last week that we had an announcement uh, to make for our our third member of this show, but we didn't want to spoil it for him. So joined by Trey Watson and now the fourth member of the Pack-A-Day podcast, Tuesday Crew. Trey, tell us about our newest co-host. 
Yes, sir, man. Cash Watson came uh, last Wednesday on Valentine's Day, so got got a little surprise, right? That was cool. Um, newest Packers fan, newest newest member to the number nine is the best fan club. So, yeah, um, you know, exciting times. Family of four, and and like you said, uh, newest member to the podcast crew. So, welcome to the this world, Cash. This just dawned on me. So we have a, a Watson family member born on the heart, the heart Valentine's Day holiday. Could be could be signs of things to come for nine and ten for this next upcoming season. Oh, oh gee, the, the, uh, the, uni- the universe was- might be trying to tell us something. <laughs> I know that was a really that was a really rough way, but hey, but you never know, man. You never know. There's a little bit of a stretch, but I will say this: you know, Jordan Love is probably locked in for the next what twenty years as the Packers' starting quarterback before they trade him to the Jets. Maybe, maybe Young Cash or or Trey J. I don't know. One of the two. Teach him how to throw. Yes. Actually, I told you. I said teach him how to long snap. That's a that's where the real that's where the real money's made right there. That's how you get to the pension, man. That's the key yep. right there. I I do not disagree. I, I should have learned before my time was up. So there we have that. The other voice you heard, that was Jacob Morley, who joins me every week on this show, as Trey does. Now we're here all off-season long for you guys talking. We're uh, closing in on draft season, I guess. And Jacob Morley, you've got a pretty exciting little project with yours, truly, that we're working on for draft season, do we not? We certainly do. Uh, year two of the Green Bay Draft Guide, powered by PackerReport.com. Um, you guys have been amazing with uh, the pre-orders. Uh, I was blown away. I was blown away with the response that we got from that book last year. Um, and we have already, I think, eclipsed 50% of our sales from last year, and we're not even to the combine. Um, so, Really appreciate all of you that are um, willing to be return customers with that book and uh, welcoming all the all the new people that are willing to spend you know nine bucks on that book uh, to uh, to get that thing uh, pre ordered. It'll be in your email inbox on April eighth, I believe, um, and then it goes. I think it goes to like ten bucks. So get it pre ordered. Um, but you know, it's a good book. It really is, and. You know, I think I don't know how many players the Packers have taken in the last two years. Fourteen. Um, for, well, I know. Well, I don't know how many total players they've taken. Oh, more than four. But we do classify. You know, we classify prospects in tiers in this book, um, and I think that's probably the coolest thing about it. Is you look at you know this guy was a tier one Packer, like Christian Watson was a tier one Packer, like he hit every metric that they like. And lo and behold, they took him. Romeo Dobbs was also a tier one guy. Quay was a tier one guy. Devontae Wyatt was not because he was old. <laughs> but uh, other than that, but like 14 of their picks from the last two years, two years classes, we have uh, identified as tier one guys. And if you want to know what the heck that even means, then buy the book. And, uh, and you'll see all that stuff broken down in a really convenient and easy way uh, for you to, to digest. But, uh, we're real excited about year two with this thing, and um, it's it's taken off and it's rolling. So we uh, appreciate the heck out of you guys. 
Absolutely do. This is our third year in that of, of this book. Uh, we've been able to do some really cool stuff with it. Uh, like we mentioned, we've gone through, so 225 profiles. You guys have seen some of the stuff that Ross Uglum's doing uh, on the daily draft stuff that he's got going on. We've got features that we've written every year. Um, I know Morley's got that tier one stuff that, that he likes to go through and the Packers have been, I mean, it's not a prediction and you'll hear it from me a thousand times between now and draft day that we can narrow this down kind of. And then sometimes the Packers still take guys completely out of left field that the internet insists and will not be available or the Packers will not take him. Uh, and they've done just that. Uh, I think they've taken a, they won't do that guy each of the last three years. Mm-hmm. Jaden uh, so Reed. Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed. He was not a tier one Packer, but you no. know what? He was, he was close. He was closer than, than it maybe you, you think, but, uh, the thing about the draft, and especially with certain positions, uh, Goody is really good. Like when they took Jaden Reed in the second round last year, I was just like, "Oh, he must be good," <laughs> because and because uh, they like him. And guess what? He was arguably their best receiver in twenty twenty three, and that's what we're going to get to tonight is the roster as we look into things and in building forward. So, Morley, this was well, it wasn't your idea, but it's an idea that you were inspired by from Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. So go ahead and explain to our fine people what it is we're doing tonight. Right. So uh, if you listen to their podcast, Move the Sticks, which is a great if, – if you're looking for really good draft content, like those two guys are, are really good. Um, but they're going through their content and they're looking at teams and they're looking at rosters and basically going through it with the idea of, hey, to be a Super Bowl caliber team, you need – you know, six to eight guys that are blue chip players on your roster. And so they're going through each roster and they're just looking at it through the lens of like, how many blue chippers do they have? How many, you know, that's, that's the top category. And then how many building block pieces do they have? These are guys that, you know, that uh, younger players that you're really excited about could potentially become a blue chip player someday. Um, Those are the top two categories. And then you have uh, backup, you know, every team needs good backups. Uh, so it's not necessarily a bad thing if a, if a backup is just a backup. Now, it could be a bad thing if you look at, wow, four of our five starting offensive linemen, I would say, are quality backups. Like, that's not where you want to be. Um, but a, a backup category is one of them. And then the last category um, is someone that you would like, who's called replaceable, someone that you would probably like to upgrade. Uh, get or get some competition in there and see if you can find something else. So uh, we're going to go through the Packers roster today, the three of us, and just kind of talk about how many blue chip players do they have? Um, how many building block guys have? do they have? How many backups do they have? Are they backups? Are they starting? And then how many guys are just, man, we got, got to upgrade that spot. That we will go through real quick. The Packers have hired a new strength and conditioning coach, the former assistant uh, for the San Francisco 49ers, his name is Aaron Hill, former University of Minnesota linebacker, spent the last five seasons with the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I am not an expert on strength and conditioning coaches. I just know that whenever a player gets injured or a team gets injured, uh, the Internet likes to always say that that person needs to be fired. That's about the extent of my knowledge when it comes to strength and conditioning coaches. Um, so there's that. But if you're interested in that kind of news, you can check out uh, Matt. Schneidman was the first one to report that tonight. So check him out over the at the athletic. If you are so inclined, let's get to it. The most polarizing one 
and we'll see if it's polarizing, I guess, but uh, is Jordan Love. And it was, is he a blue chipper or what is, um, you know, what is his spot here on this list that you have? And Jacob Morley as someone who traded him for a seventh round pick during the season. What is your take on Jordan Love now that we have gotten through the year? I mean, I think some people are going to hear this and be maybe a little bit surprised, but I would not put him as a blue chip player yet. Right. And by blue chip, I'm talking, you're talking top five to eight in the league. He's, he's knocking on the door. Like, don't get me wrong. He's knocking on the door. I think by this time next year, uh, we might be saying like, yeah, absolutely a blue chip player. Um, But right now I would put him in the category of a building block guy, which is not a bad thing. You know, he's still young. He played 10 really good football games this year. He played seven, not so good, you know, and then playoffs, all that stuff. But I would categorize him as, as a, a building block guy. And I would, I wonder, do you guys, do you guys agree with that? Or would you already put him in that category of boom, blue chip? See, I'm the worst person to ask on these things. Cause I'm kind of Ross Uglamy when it comes to this, where I think like, I take, I hate hyperbole. I hate these hot take shows with the, Bayless and Sharp and Steven, like all them dudes and all them shows are saying not the people. Well, one of those people in particular, in particular, I don't like very much, but nobody likes Skip Bayless. But um, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, I mean, so like I am always like the last guy to think that somebody is either really awesome or like like an example is anytime somebody retires or passes away or whatever, everybody wants to put him in the Hall of Fame or something like that. And I'm like, like Kurt Warner to me, for example, does not belong in the Hall of Fame. Like three good seasons in his career, great, albeit, to me, doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so like my standards for stuff like this is always really high. When we're talking about blue chip quarterbacks in the NFL, there's like five total. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if it's if everybody's a blue chip, then nobody's a blue chip, if that makes sense. Yep. Like everybody can't be awesome. That's just not how this works. So like blue chip quarterbacks in the NFL are Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. I mean, I'm blanking on some of the people, I'm sure, some obvious Maybe. ones. But I mean Lamar's won two MVPs, but like Lamar Jackson was I one. Think- yeah. Like, I mean, that's kind of where the list stops right like i mean there's not and even with like even like with lamar i think you can quite like you can question some of it like is he a blue chip player you know like is he gonna carry his team all the way to the super Bowl? i don't know and i don't want to go down that path because i love lamar but uh but yeah it's it's tough and that's why it's important to distinguish that like it's we're not just going to say everybody's a blue chip player because we like them because we're excited about them right um, and jordan so. love is good and his end of the season was awesome no question but I, like I told you before the show started, Morley, there's a world that exists, and I don't think it's the world we're living in, but there is a world that exists where Jordan Love is the player that we watched play in the first six or seven games where, yes, guys like me and Morley were mocking J.J. McCarthy and Drake May and name your quarterback for the draft class to the Packers because we didn't think they had one. There's a world that exists where Jordan Love still looks more like that guy than the guy who finished the season. I don't think that's the world we're living in. I think Jordan Love is going to continue to ascend, especially with next year his full complement of guys, hopefully, knock on wood, being healthy for the entire season. But, yes, I would argue he is a building block. And if he replicates or gets better next season, then we're talking about Jordan Love in the same sentence as the guys that I just finished going over. Uh, You know, as far as, like, tiers, whatever, 
We can get in the, I'm sure we'll do list of Palooza at some point this offseason when we're bored. But that's where I'm at with that. Trey, uh, you've got a unique perspective on this, I suppose, as a former player. And, and obviously, you got at least some knowledge of everything like that. But um, so, what's your take on the, the blue chip build? I mean, I don't think anybody's going to say he's replaceable or that the Packers need to upgrade at that position unless like Mahomes became available. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, Jordan is Jordan is teetering on what would be blue chip status. I mean, like, like y'all said, there's only so many blue chips to hand out. That's that's the thing that everyone has to keep in mind here. And I think you made a good point with the, the Kurt Warner situation. Like, I haven't, I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but Kurt has a Hall of Fame story more than he had a Hall of Fame career in terms of what he actually did. But the story is Hall of Fame worthy. I mean, let's let's not get it twisted. You know, arena football, overseas, NFL Europe, then coming and win, winning a Super Bowl and all that stuff, MVPs. So um, that's just a side note. But as far as Jordan goes, like you said, part of being blue chip at the NFL level, I would say you have to not only have success, but you have to sustain it for some amount of time. That's the same conversation that guys get into with is a guy elite, is a guy not elite. You can be really good for a year. Some guys can be even really good for a year or two. Being elite is being the best when people know coming in every single time you are the best. It's literally saying, hey, we need to stop 
him doing xyz and you go out and do xyz over and over and over again and they cannot stop you that's elite and there's only so many of those guys in the game um i think y'all named all the guys really who are firmly in that position now um there's there's guys besides jordan who'll be on the fringe of being a, a blue chip type quarterback obviously we saw what cj stroud did this year um He's another guy that would be in the same boat. Obviously, he just did it in his first year in the league versus Jordan, you know, taking his time to get to that starting role. But Jordan is, is right there. He he certainly has the opportunity to cement that blue chip status this season coming up. If he goes out there and he's that guy we saw the back half of the season in, in the playoffs, week in and week out, that's, that's a blue chip quarterback. That's a guy who, like you said, is around 10, 15, 20 years um, he can name his price. He can name who he wants on his team. He probably can name the head coach if he wants to. I mean, we've, we've seen guys do that. So um, that's where Jordan's at. It's he, he can go that way. He he very well might go that way. Um, but we don't know till we see it. So that's we got. We just got to see it. Yeah, and that's Mike McCarthy used to always have this thing that well, not always. He said it once, and I thought it was great. It was when he had a line of like, "There's great players." There's good players that have great moments, and then there's good players. Because everyone who is in the NFL is a good player. You're the top 1% of male, like athleticism in the NFL, like of your profession in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's that's reality. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think we're in a good spot on, on Jordan Love as far as, like, what he is and where he's at. Some people are probably going to crown him already, and there's people probably – uh, that have Illinois area codes and maybe some uh, Minnesota area codes that think he sucks and are wishing <laughs> wish casting in that regard as far as everything goes. The next one is where I think the next position group I think is where you get your first blue chip player, and that you're is gonna, Aaron Jones. You're gonna wait, whoa, 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 whoa! You're not going to talk about the Cliff Dog? No. You're not going to talk about the the Cliff Dog? No. <laughs> blue chip baby, let's go. Ain't <laughs> oh, even a question. The only thing yeah. blue, blue about Sean Clifford Polder. is the pants he wore in college. That's it. <laughs> I'm dead. That was really good. That was actually really good. They only wear white <laughs> the, pants. the numbers on his jersey. That I don't know. I don't watch. Them. <laughs> I'll say this. I, I do. Like if you would have told me after the draft last year that we'd be talking at this point, and I would say like Sean Clifford, like is a yeah, he's a backup. That's a compliment for him. Like I, I'm actually like excited for him as a, as a QB two. Okay, in this so week, I'm not kidding when I say this, and I can't remember who wrote it, but after the Packers took Sean Clifford, somebody literally said like, "What the hell? He's undraftable," or something to that effect. Now, maybe that's still yeah, that's a separate topic for a different day. But no, I'm not talking about Sean Clifford. Blue chip Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones is a blue chip player in my opinion. Uh, and that includes even still with the, the injury bug that bit him this year. And maybe, you know, we got to start talking like your start. This draft class is where we start talking about finding not just his complement, but his replacement. And, and that's unfortunate, but that is just the way that position works is he's 29 years old. He's a dinosaur in, in that position yeah. works. You know, that's, he might be a younger 29 because of his workload, but he's still, that's a position. I mean, Adrian Peterson won MVP for the Vikings one year. And I think he was released like two seasons later. That's just kind of how that position works. And that sucks that that's how it is, but that is how it works on that side, but still their best player, which is wild to say that that's the case on offense, but he has been, uh, he's the face of the franchise right now, at least until, you know, again, if Jordan Love puts together another season like that, then I think he takes that, that mantle, so to speak, but, 
I don't have enough good things to say about Aaron Jones. I think anybody can can wax poetic about him. But Trey, is he still in that class, or you think he's just a notch below? One hundred percent, he's a blue chip guy. Um, you just don't get guys who can be that productive. Like you said, oftentimes on on low or intermediate or like moderate usage, um, that's even harder to do, especially considering. I mean, just keep it real. He's old for a running back. Um, you know, we see how how the league is is going with running backs. You know, outside of Christian McCaffrey, they basically don't respect anyone else enough to to pay him top dollar, and even he doesn't get you know what he probably rightfully deserves. But Aaron is a is a blue chip guy, one hundred percent. Like you said, he's when healthy and, and when given the right opportunities. As of right now, he's the best player on on this offense and and probably on the team. Um, and that that says a lot. So you know. That that is what he is, right? He's he's cemented that year in and year out, and he certainly was that guy down the stretch when it seemed like he got to full health. Um, he was the Aaron Jones we know and love. Morley, yeah, yeah, and I'll pick up the pace because we're at twenty minutes and we're talking about two guys, but <laughs> yeah, Aaron, but Aaron Jones, yeah, he's he's a blue chipper on and off, on and off the field too. Like I think any team in the NFL would be would be thrilled to have. Aaron Jones on their team, not only for what he brings on the field, but what he brings off the field as well. Um, I think it's it's pretty easy to make a case for him as one of the top eight backs in the NFL. Um, and I'll just say this. Since 1933, there have been six running backs that have carried the ball more than a thousand times and averaged more than five yards per carry. Aaron Jones is one of those one six. Of them. He's, yep. he's stud. He's stud. Yeah, he is, and I don't have enough good things to say about him. We may end up doing just the offense tonight because I have a feeling this position might take a minute, but we're at Morley's favorite position, the only position that matters in his mind and his heart. and his Offensive brain. tackle. Let's go. Come on. You don't mean that. <laughs> wide receivers. Pass catchers, yeah. Let's yeah, go. wide let's receivers. And I would say I think at this point it's a, it's a positive thing with the way last season went and with like the way that the room is built, right. Is they have a bunch of guys that like, here's your role for this. We kind of talked about this before the season started for how this entire room could look. I will say this as far as potential blue chippers in that room, I think there's two, maybe three. So Christian Watson, one Jaden Reed, two and Dontavian Wicks might be three as far as potential. Mm -hmm. None of those guys are there right now. And I, I always feel like it sounds disrespectful as we're saying stuff like this, but like nobody, like again, blue chip receiver, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams. I don't think anybody's going to argue that anybody in Green Bay's receiving room is on the same level as those guys. Um, So I think those are your three guys that are potentials. And then I would slide Romeo Dobbs in there as a building block as well. I keep like speaking, I don't want to say poorly, but. I keep like not including him in the, in the crew. And and I think he belongs there. I think he proved that, especially in the playoffs, like in the biggest games of the season, Dobbs was the man. And I think Dobbs was their leading receiver by like three times over in the play. And not just because he had a massive game against Dallas, but he was good against uh, San Francisco as well. So, so I think that he certainly belongs in that, in that conversation as well. Um, I think when you get to the, the bottom half of the receiver room, the rest of the guys, the bull Melton's and the, the Malik Heaths and, and guys like that. Those are guys that are replacement levels or guys like Samari Toure and such guys you need to upgrade from um, if you can. And frankly, I don't know that they have to upgrade from Samari Toure because he's like wide receiver six or seven. So like, I don't want to say, it might just cares, happen. but like, but like, yeah. might happen organically. Yeah, right. Exactly. So 
that's where I'm at. But like I said, there's three guys on there that I think could be blue chippers or at least have the potential to get there. They just haven't yet. And like I said, that's Watson, Jaden Reed, and, and Dante Edwards. Why are you shaking your head at me? Because uh, we're going to fight. This is awesome. I, I could not disagree with you more. <laughs> I think there's one. I think Christian is the only guy that could potentially be a blue chip player out of that group. Interesting. You just okay. listed. Because remember, we're talking top five-ish type yeah. receivers in yes. the NFL. You just listed like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, you know, like your Mike Evans of the world, your Cooper Cups of the world, guys that tilt the field. I think Christian at his peak can be that guy. I don't know if Jaden Reed – and I love Jaden Reed. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if he's ever going to be a guy that you're like, man, he's one of the best five in the NFL, blue chip type player. I don't th- – I love – you guys know how I love Dontavian Wicks. I don't know. I'd be very surprised if he could be that guy. I think those guys, I think Reed and Wicks are guys that are very, very high-level starters in the NFL, like guys that can get you a 1,200-yard season, 1,200 yards, eight touchdowns. That's not a blue-chip receiver in the NFL anymore. Like, that's just a good receiver. And, like, give me all the good receivers, don't get me wrong, but – when I look at this wide receiver group and you look at it and you say, what person in this group is keeping the opposing team's defensive coordinator up at night? I think the only guy right now is Christian Watson. You know, a healthy Christian Watson. Look what he did versus Detroit. Look at what he did versus Kansas City. You know, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs who played 21 games with, with this defense and only gave up 25 or more points just one this. time. But, yeah, who caught two <laughs> touchdowns in that game? Who stunked it on him twice in that game? It was Christian. You know, and so that's the type of playmaker that I think he is and can be. And I think a lot of Packers fans get get lost in the, the hamstring of it all, you know, and that needs to get fixed. And we've talked about that at nauseum on this very show. It needs to get fixed. But Christian Watson at his peak, I think is the only guy in that wide receiver room that you can truly look at and be like, he could be a top five at his position in this, in this entire league. And that's, and I like that we disagree on this It's good. It's not that, you know, we're just going through and agreeing on everything, but I just don't think Reed Wicks or Dobbs just, I don't think they have that in them to be that good. And, okay, I, and I maybe I hope Dobbs I'm wrong. Did, to be fair, let me just. Oh, it's true. But, so hey, so, but and that's good. So you think three, I mean, three blue chip players coming out of Green Bay at the position where you're talking about the best five to eight in the I, league? I think the it's. Best, three of yes. the best eight play in Green Bay. That'd be awesome. I hope that. No, I, hope I you're think, right. I think that is possible. Like, I'm talking about, like, range of outcomes where, like, Dontavion Wicks and Reed hit, like, their top 5% kind of thing in terms of, like, who they are. Like, those guys. Yes, I think that is possible when you add in the fact that I'll say this. I would I and this is gonna sound like Reed slander. I think Wicks has a better chance to be Oh, I don't. That's Reed interesting. Does. I don't. Because I think I mean Reed plays in a position in an area now where the the that is where everything is emphasized as far as attacking the middle of the field and everything of that sort. Like how many games this year was Wicks the go to guy versus Jay Reed? Like I think Reed is I'm not saying like this is a good problem to have. That's that's really oh, what yeah. this boils into. Trey, do me please do the big brother thing and say Christian sucks. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Replaceable. Uh, he need, he needs to figure out the injury thing, but I ain't gonna say that man sucks. Uh so this is the way I look at it, right? Is right now 
simply, we do have four building blocks. Uh, Christian, Wicks, Jaden, and Romeo. I'd honestly put Melton in the backup category, the way he played down the stretch. Dude who was coming off being on a P-squad basically his entire career is the first receiver on the team to get 100 yards in a need in a need to, need to win a game. Um, had crucial catches against Carolina. Did the same against the Bears. Um, for a dude with basically no professional experience during the regular season to come off, come, you know, come off the bench cold and do that time and time again. Not, it wasn't just a one hit wonder. That shows he has something to him. So I'd say he's a backup. I'd say um, whatever the tier is after that, I'd put Malik there. Like you know, you like him. You you could you replace him probably, but. You know, he's in a comfortable spot. I'd say you're you're very comfortable with those six guys. Now, we all know Christian has the highest ceiling, um, and that ceiling is a blue chip top five type receiver um, if and when he puts it all together. We've seen flashes of it, but like I said, to be a blue chip, you have to do it all the time every week. Um, I'd say Jaden, the way that he would get to blue chip status is if we're talking about within slot wide receivers. If we break that category down from – outside receivers to slot receivers, I think he could be in that top five to eight range. Um, He has the abilities to do that. You just don't see very many outside of Tyreek Hill. And obviously we know there's no one else ever who's played the game like him um, to be, you know, short of stature and be that true number one guy who is just unstoppable. It's just hard to do. Um, And then Wicks, I think he does have blue chip potential. The thing would be is, I feel like he, it would be harder for him to maximize and get there. Um, is that because he's on a team with other guys who also have similar potential? Maybe. Is it because you don't see as many of those guys like, you know, everyone wants to compare him to Devontae. That's a harder route to be a blue chip guy with incredibly smooth route running, always able to get separation, the strongest hands you'll see. That's a harder route than having, you know, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase type speed, vertical, you know, catch radius, being able to do it that way. Um, And not that Wicks doesn't have some of those things, but I would just say he doesn't have those extremely explosive traits that make you say, okay, yeah, I see exactly how that happens and and it probably happens faster than you think. So um, I'd say all three of them have the potential to get there in their own way. Um, I just definitely say it's a harder route for two of them than it is Christian. Um, and I mean, that's, that's a good, th- that's a good problem to have though. Right. Cause the best part about all these building boxes, they're all on rookie deals. No one else in the league can say that. Um, that's what you want to have. No. And the, the famous sports illustrated cover, for example, if we had this conversation about that team, I mean, how many, if any of those guys, well, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but how many, if any of those guys were blue chip top of the league type receivers mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, you know, you don't, I, I will say this now because we'll talk about this a bunch as we go through the draft thing. The whole discourse about needing a true alpha number one wide receiver, I think, is incredibly overrated. Like, I just – it's a nice thing to have. I'm not going to say that, you know, if if somebody knocks down the door and says, hey, you can have Jamar Chase on your team, I'm not going to say no. But I don't think it's like this thing that you have to actively search for. If Green Bay gets it in a spot where, like, all these guys improve by, you know, 10 20% going into the next year, then they got four or five guys that are really, really good. And the best offense Green Bay ever had was built just like that. So I'm at least looking at, or I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Tight end to me is simple. I don't think we like Musgrave and Kraft. Those are guys that I think they're, I think they're both building blocks, which is insane to say that because 
yes, when they took both, they thought both guys were good, but I think they were willing to settle for one guy becoming a good player. Now there's legitimate debate amongst the fan base between the two guys as to who is better between Luke Musgrave and Tucker Kraft, which Trey, you've talked about this on the show before. Like it's not really a debate worth having because like, they're just two different players. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I'm in the building block stage of things. Does anybody have anything they really want to add to that? I think both those guys have blue chip potential, which is scary to say too. Like that's how that position is so important. There's like five really good tight ends in the entire yeah. league, right? Like Kelsey Kittle, Mark Andrews, that's it. Hawkinson's like, kind Hawkinson, of gotten there. Yeah. But now, he, now he's missing almost a year, you know, so. Yeah. Well, and last year's draft class is nutty because usually yeah, you see one of these guys every few years. Like Laporta was a stud. Kincaid uh, was pretty uh, good. Kincaid was good. Michael Mayer, lots of like there. And then, honestly, Green Bay got the two others that you really yeah. like. And – and I think that in itself is is exciting. And either of them, like let's say they don't take Musgrave and they just take Kraft and he has the rookie year that he has. We're thrilled with Kraft. Mm -hmm. But they did get both of them. And they did both show flashes of like, WTF, how am I going to cover this in the next couple of years? What, what are defenses going to do with both these guys on the field, you know, with the receivers we just talked about? So super exciting stuff, building block type guys. You know, I'll, I want to ask, this and I don't want to debate. Uh, it's kind of getting into the who's better debate, but just knowing what we know right now, if you had to pick one to say, like, I just see this guy potentially developing into that blue chip type guy, like the alpha in that room, which one would you guys pick? For me, it's if you want an every down guy, which I think, you know, the Packers always have been a team that balances out, you know, still being able to run the ball, but throwing it all over the field. They want that guy. They want that guy who can line up in line and block just as well as he can go down the field. That guy is craft. Um, but I'm, I, at the end of the day, I really agree with what both of y'all said right there. There are two building blocks with true blue chip potential. And if you want to know why that's so dangerous, just look at the Dallas game. Dallas lined up in nickel versus 12 personnel and got smoked. And just imagine when, you know, they maximize what Musgrave and Kraft can do in 12 personnel. You just don't want to play those guys. But, yeah, I mean, if you ask me about one, I'm probably picking Kraft just because that Musgrave build is is more similar to a receiver than anything, right? But, I mean, we know what those guys can do when they're elite in that role, like Darren Waller, go back to Jimmy Graham, uh, Julius Thomas with the, the Broncos. Like, yeah. no one wants to cover those guys because you can't. They're too freaky athletic, and they're 6'7", 250, 60 pounds. So have your pick. Take your pick, indeed. Uh, I'm cheating a little, I guess, just because I've seen the way the Packers preferred it. And I think the way the Packers prefer it is Musgrave. Uh, but I do think just in terms of, like, special, special, that's where Musgrave's big playability could certainly come to that. But, Trey, you talked about it, like the stuff they can do with the 12 personnel running and passing. Like that's something the Packers have not had in since like Super Bowl 31 days when they had Chewy and, and Keith Jackson. Like that's the last time I can think of where they had one tight end that was worth a crap. Well, Jermichael, no disrespect, but um, two good tight ends on the field at the same time. And like you talked about that Dallas game, that was another thing that helped them was they were able to play 12 personnel 
and do that stuff. And Jordan Love was on the that show with Micah Parsons where he was basically like, you guys played a safety at linebacker. Like, that was our <laughs> – Micah Parsons basically asked him, like, what's your game plan? And he was like, yeah, you number 14 is like 200 pounds. Like, yeah. you're just asking to get eaten up that way. And sure, maybe he could run with Musgrave and Kraft and some of the guys on the field, but it allows them to attack defenses whichever way they want, which is kind of the exciting part is you find – this ceiling we'll get to our last group of the night we'll do defense next week uh as we've got some stuff to to kind of preview for this year but as far as the offensive line goes there's one potential blue chip on this roster at right tackle and i think that's zach tom uh elton jenkins morley you mentioned as an interesting conversation i don't think he's one of the best like quentin nelson zach martin that level type of guard in football uh there's just there's too many games where like you're kind of at the end of the game and we kind of are like, Oh, Jenkins was fine, but not, you know, not dominant. You know what I mean? Um, as far as the rest of the guys go, you know, Josh Myers to me is somebody you're looking to replace. They don't have a right guard currently. I guess it's Sean Ryan. It's hard to really call him anything. And Rashid, we can talk about Rashid Walker. Let's get to, let's put a pin in that. But uh, Trey, do you think that Zach Tom is a blue chipper or is he just kind of a notch below? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't think you're able to put out uh, a first time starting tackle and essentially not be able to worry about that side of the field without that guy being a blue chipper, right? Like, you know, Green Bay's dealt with that same caliber of guy on the left side for how many years? And what did Aaron have to worry about on the left side? Not a thing ever. And that's, that's what being a blue chip tackle means. Right. And, Basically, all year long, Zach Tom was that guy. So, I mean, you you gotta you gotta say that hey, that that man is one of the best right tackles in the game. Um, he showed everything you could possibly need. And what's crazy is is as as great as he played, we're talking about you know, hey, could he be better at center or guard? Like that just shows you what what type of player you have uh, when you have that kind of specimen on the O line, like. There's just not very many of those out there, like ever. So that's that's where he'd be for me. That's incredible because he's undersized. And I was skeptical. Well, I don't want to say skeptical to start the year, but I wasn't a hundred percent convinced that he was like a tackle in the future. But at some point, it's kind of like Bakhtiari when Bakhtiari started. And I don't know that you know Bakhtiari is a gold jacket player when he was healthy, but unfortunately, injuries derailed that portion of his career. But Zach Tom has the similar traits of like, okay, he doesn't have all the measurables, but like 
who cares <laughs> essentially like yeah. he's really good and what doesn't you know what beat. the hell else doesn't get beat which is all and he was their best pass blocker and run blocker this year which is i mean that's valuable you know if they add a guy who can whether that's sean ryan or or they draft a guy and, and stick him in at right guard or whatever they figure out at that position like that could be a really powerful side of the offensive line um Morley, let's jump because I know it with the world knows how you feel about Zach Tom. But how do we feel about Rashid Walker? Where does that fall in line? Because I feel like I have a relative. No, I don't want to say a strong opinion on it, but I have thoughts. Yeah, I think he's he is maybe the most interesting person to talk about on this offense because there's a lot to like, but like for the left tackle position and just the way that green Bay goes about their business at the tackle position. I don't know if they're satisfied with just a lot to like with pretty good, you know, like Zach Tom was, I agree with Trey. Like I think he's a blue chip player and I think they want that on both sides. And I, I think I would put Rashid. He it's weird. Cause he is like, yeah, like a lot of teams would be thrilled to have him as their young left tackle. Uh, but for me, it's almost like we're so spoiled that I kind of want him to be a backup. I kind of I would love it if Rasheed Walker was the swing tackle for this team uh, coming off the bench because I think he'd be one of the best swing tackles in the NFL. If you have to roll through the season with Rasheed Walker as your starting left tackle, I think you're fine. Uh, but like I said, I don't think Green Bay is okay with fine. And that's kind of why I think they may look to upgrade that or at least draft a guy in the top 100 to kind of give him some competition. And I think that's smart, uh, but I don't know, man. You could put him – depends who you talk to. It really does. Some people would be like, man, I think he's a, a building block with blue chip potential. Like, that's what I think he is, and I'm not there. Um, I'd probably put him in building block just because I've kind of – as I'm hearing myself talk, like, it is true. A lot of teams would love to have Rasheed Walker on his seventh-round contract uh, for the next two years, and – uh I think Green Bay rolls with him if they can't upgrade and they'll be fine. And the thing with Rashid is if he makes, if Rashid Walker makes the same jump that he made from week one to week, you know, playoffs, if he makes a jump of, of similar size, he will be a blue chip player. Like that's how much better he got throughout the course of the year. But like everything else we've talked about, you got to do it again. You know, all these guys, that's going to be the theme for next year. Do it again. And uh, this is going to sound like a Debbie Downer take, and it kind of is, but not every guy does. You know, all these young, promising guys that they have, a lot, you know, you can point to players that have had flashes their first year starting or have a five-game stretch early in their career and uh, just not really put it together. Uh, plenty of guys like that. And if I was a betting man, I would – bet that some of these guys that we're excited about for the Packers this year, they're not going to material materialize into what our expectations for them are. Um, and I think Rashid Walker is maybe the prime candidate for that. Trey, what's your take on 63? I, I, I tend to agree with a lot of what he said. Um, like you, you gotta like what you ended with at the end of this year. You gotta like the progression, especially considering he's a what second year, seventh round draft pick um, who was thrown in there. You know when we found out, you know Davis' knee was even worse than they kept saying it already was. Um, 
but like for him to have lapped Yosh in terms of value as a player, that says something. Um, and for for the end of the season to you be feeling as confident as you were about him, that just you know that says what kind of player he is. So like, not even to be funny, but like it does seem that. How, however much you like him as a player, he has left tackle energy. Like, he's got the vibe, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to shut this side down. Um, that seems to be the way he carries himself. That's the way he played at the end of the year. So, you know, could he become that guy? He very well could. Um, I mean, as of right now, I, I'd say he's you know, at, at the lower end of a building block player. Um, like, you're, you're, not, you're not bad off having him in, in, in the game. Um, and – Odds are, will you find someone who has played better than he already has without using a first, second round type draft pick on a, a left tackle? Probably not. If that's the case, that's a building block for me. Um, and contract and everything else considered, situation with David moving forward considered, at the worst, you're comfortable. And when you're comfortable at both tackle spots, more often than not, you're comfortable with the re- you know your entire O line. Like you kind of just can figure the rest out. You get those two tackle spots locked up, things normally you know bode well for your offense. And Rashid is a, is a part of the reason that I could say that right now, the you know the organization would feel comfortable at tackle. Yeah, I, I think that Rashid Walker allows you, like you said, to feel comfortable. And one of the things Brian Gutekunst, in my opinion, has done a good job of since being the general manager is you guys remember, obviously, when when Ted Thompson was the general manager, we'd go into the draft and it would be like, man, if they don't draft this position, they just won't add to it because that was the only way that Thompson would add players. And Thompson was very successful for a very, very long time, but that is just kind of one of the things that he did. What Gutekunst has with Walker is it doesn't force them to pick an offensive tackle in the first round if they don't have one on there that they like. Um, you know, one of my one of the exceptions to the rule I just gave, which was kind of funny to me, was when Gutekunst took Christian Watson uh, in the second round. Was you know the Packers obviously trade Adams that offseason. He takes the two defenders in the first round, and somebody asks him like. Tomorrow, do you need to come away with a player with the letters WR next to his name? And Gutekunst, like before the question got finished, was like, no. Well, then the second pick of the second round, Gutekunst trades all the way up to pick Watson. And you're just like, okay, so you lied. That's exactly what, that's exactly how you felt. He doesn't have to do that. Now, that being said, Rashid Walker is not stopping me from drafting you know, like Joe Alt or Olu Fashanu, which those guys aren't going to be available, but players like that. Or if there's a tackle that, you know, when you get further down the list, the Fatanu guy from, from Washington, Washington or the big guys from Oklahoma and Georgia and all these guys, like Rashid Walker's not stopping me from drafting one of those players. And that isn't meant to be disrespectful. That's just the reality. You know, Rashid, again, it's the question we kind of asked at the top. Is Rashid Walker the player that he was from week 11 until the end of the season? Because, mind you, going into late November, early December, Rashid Walker was still rotating with Yosh Nyman, a player that now most of the fan base has decided stinks and can move on. So those two things can't be true to where, like, Nyman stinks was rotating with Walker, but Walker is a star in the making. Maybe he is, but I'll tell you this, I feel a heck of a lot better with him as, like, a swing tackle type, which – probably puts me in the category and this seems harsh, but of like backup just cause I'm not sure yet. I don't know if he's 
a starting left tackle. Like for as much as we talk about how the Packers are spoiled at quarterback and they certainly are tackles kind of been that way for a long time too. You know, before Bakhtiari, it was Chad Clifton and, and they really just had those two guys for the last 30 years, essentially with a little sabbatical of Marshall Newhouse hanging out in there for a little while, but they've been really good at that position for a really long time. And again, like I said, if there's, like Fashanu is a guy we talked about this earlier. You know, Fashanu were to like slip to like fifteen or something like that, and they said, "Hey, give us twenty five and eighty eight to go get him." I'd say, "Yeah, go do that," and and let Fashanu do the thing. And now Ross Uglum can make his joke about how Fashanu couldn't start over Rasheed Walker at Penn State. You're welcome, Ross. But if there's a player on the offense who like I'm a little more bullish on, or well, bullish isn't the right word. If there's a player that I'm most skeptical about, it's Walker as far as his just his path as a long-term starter. And maybe he will be. Maybe by this time next year we're having the conversations about him. Because these are the exact same conversations I was having about Zach Tom when people were ready to plug him in as the team's preferred left tackle last year. And I wasn't ready for that yet. Um, I'm still not fully ready because I still want it to be David Bakhtiari and I just want his knee to be okay so he can play football and be a Hall of Famer at left tackle and protect the franchise quarterback. Just not the world we live in at this point. So – that one gets interesting. So that's we're, we're up against the clock, so we're out of time this week. We will do defense uh, for these games next week. Send us who you think. Who's a blue chipper on this team? What do you guys think on that? You can do that at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me. I am at Jacob Westador. If you could follow Morley. Morley, what, a, what are you going to be pimping over the next couple days again? The Green Bay Draft Guide, powered by Pack Report. If you need to grab yourself a copy, uh, make sure that you are going to uh, – I think it's – I've got it on my pinned tweet. I'm sure it's on Jacob's Twitter X and same with Uglum's doing that. Um, and then we've got, you know, obviously some uh, draft content. It's going to be coming around at uh, PackerReport.com as well. That's not the draft guide. Um, I've got a weekly uh, Morley mock is what we're calling it, um, where I'm trying to yeah. just go through. And, yeah, if you have better names, let me know. I don't love it, but uh, it is what it is. But we're trying to go through, and, I, you know, I'm just trying to get – some different scenarios uh, that maybe are a little bit different, a little uh, against the grain as what we're seeing. I'm not just going to pick Cooper DeGene every single time at 25. Um, like last week, Brian Thomas Jr. fell to 25, took him. Of course, why? Uh, told you why. And, and we went through it. Not that I think it's going to happen, but you got to go through these scenarios because if we know anything about Goody, he is not always just going to take the most obvious guy that we think he's going to take, even though sometimes. Sometimes it's sitting there in front of us the entire time and nobody wants to admit it. Cough, cough, Lucas Van Ness was the pick last year. Should have been the pick the whole time. We should have known. I tried. Yeah. Man. So, I tried to tell you football is not seven on seven, but you literally cried. It kind of is, though. Kind of is. What kind of is about? No, it is not. You can't hit anyone anymore. It is not seven on seven either. That's though. why these 5'8", five, eight, five, eight, 150-pound receivers are good now. Something. All two of them. them. That's all, there, all it takes. All right, I'm moving on before I get angry. You can follow any Cash Watson-related updates will be at MDQUE underscore 33, or you can find Trey Watson Sr. Uh, over there. And uh, who knows what you run into with, with those given things. So Trey's got plenty of stuff going on uh, all off season as well, and uh, mostly daddy duty, which kudos to Cash for staying mostly quiet through uh, this episode. <laughs> so this will not be his last appearance on the show. I could promise you guys that. We thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week talking defense and the NFL Combine. And then once we get through the Combine, we know how important that is to the Packers. We'll go into all that stuff and, and get into the full swing of draft season. Thanks for listening. See you again.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.